Listen, a podcast that lets you experience the greatest video game stories of all time. My name is Sam Hillestead, and this is episode 7. Previously on Let's Listen, the group was in the RV on their way to Savannah to find a boat. On the way, they found an abandoned train and were able to get it working. They were joined by Chuck, the guitar-wielding vagabond. But it wasn't long in the journey until Duck, who'd been bitten, took a turn for the worse. They stopped the train, and Lee put him out of his misery, but not before his mother, Katya, took her own life. Further down the tracks, they met Krista and her partner, Omid. They helped the group escape from a horde of walkers, but Omid got hurt. He might have broken his leg on a fall. We're not quite sure, but it's clear he's in trouble. Then, just as the city of Savannah finally came into view, a stranger's voice crackles from Clementine's walkie-talkie, telling her to come find him because he has her parents. Now, the group enters the city in search of that boat, which has been their plan all along. But between them and freedom is a city full of walkers, and a stranger manipulating Clem and stalking them from the shadows. This is Episode 7 of Let's Listen. We see the streets of Savannah, lined with antebellum architecture and giant oak trees covered in Spanish moss that's draped over the streets. It would be beautiful, except that the streets are littered with broken down cars, and all the buildings have either been looted or boarded up. We see the group walking through the streets, and Omid is struggling to keep up with his broken leg. But with Omid and his partner Krista now, as well as Chuck who's carrying a shovel, their group has gotten quite big and quite formidable again. We see Clementine walk up to Lee, who's carrying her walkie-talkie on his belt. Can't I just hold it? She looks up at Lee, hopefully, almost longing for the walkie-talkie back. But Lee gives her a look that says, absolutely not. Just for a little while? We're getting real close to where my mom and dad are. Maybe I can... Not now. I need you to focus. Keep your attention on the street. Okay. Sorry. How's Omid? His leg's pretty bad. I'm fine. You're not fine. You need to rest. He needs to rest. Omid waves her off, but he's obviously struggling. Kenny, how much farther to the riverfront? There should be just a few more blocks up ahead. And there'll be boats there? There sure as hell better be. There'll be boats. Have to be. Have to be. It's going to be okay. Kenny knows what he's doing. But then, a church bell. What the hell? Starts ringing from a church that they're right next to. Maybe this city's not so dead after all. Keep moving. No one's ringing that bell. It's automatic. On a timer. But then Lee checks his watch. What kind of church bell goes off at 20 past the hour? And Kenny doesn't have a response for that. But then Lee looks up at the bell tower. Someone's up there! And sees someone. Are you sure? I don't see anything. It was quick, very brief, a silhouette. I know what I saw. I'm telling you there's someone up in that bell tower. Someone alive! And then the walkie-talkie comes on. If I were you, I'd get out of the street now. I thought you said that thing didn't work. Krista looks at the thing in disbelief. Lee presses the talk button and then says, Who the hell is this? Hello. 
Hello! I said answer me! But he gets no response. They're still standing in the middle of the street and too distracted by this strange occurrence to think about the fact that they're sitting ducks. What the hell was that? Is someone trying to fuck with us? Sounded more like a warning. And then Chuck turns around. Ask not for whom the bell tolls. And sees it. What are you yammering on about? The bell has called them. It tolls for thee. And then everyone else turns around and they see it too. A horde of walkers, all headed their direction, out for blood. Everybody, run! The group sprints in the other direction. Kenny takes one out. And Chuck, with his shovel, comes in handy too, taking one out with a shot to the head. We see Kenny running, and one zombie lunges for his leg and strips him. The gun falls just out of his reach. It's pulling Kenny closer to it, but Lee sees it. Kenny! Lee gets his gun out and takes aim and takes it out with one shot. A little too close, don't you think? Lee looks for Clem and sees him next to Ben, but surrounded by zombies. But Ben finds a gap and makes a break for it, it, leaving Clem all alone. So Lee gets his gun out again and starts methodically taking them out one at a time. But there are still too many. We see a shovel come out of nowhere. It's Chuck. Chuck tells us to leave him behind. Lee clearly doesn't want to, but he has to pick up Clem and take her to safety. Move your asses! River Street's right up ahead! That's not all. Another horde is coming at them from the other direction. Oh, give me a fucking break! Wait, where the hell's Chuck? You see Chuck on his own with nothing but his shovel. Surrounded. Shit, he's in trouble. We gotta help him. The group looks around themselves, though, and sees the zombies are coming at them from all sides, and they don't have much of a choice. There's no time! We gotta go! Now! Out in time! Just go! Chuck takes out another zombie with his shovel before the group finds an open gate that they can escape through. The screen goes black, and when we see them next, they're in the backyard of some sort of mansion. They close the gate behind them. I'll get the door. And Kenny runs ahead to try to find a way into this mansion. But Omid falls straight on his face, clearly in a great deal of pain. But for now, at least, okay? they seem to have uh, lost the zombies. Yeah. You've opened up your wound. You're bleeding. Shit, it's gonna get infected. We've got to get him inside. Clean him up. Kenny's trying to get through a back door. Kenny, how's that door coming? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We'll work faster, would it's you? It's all boarded up, though. It won't be long before those things outside figure out where we went. You know they can smell blood. Let me see if I can find us a way in. But first, Lee needs to clear some things up with Ben, who basically just abandoned Clem when she needed his help. Ben. And for Lee, that's not okay, so he goes to talk it over with him. About what happened back there on the street. I know. I don't know what happened. I just froze up. Hasn't that ever happened to you? Just hear what I'm saying to you. You put that girl in danger again. It won't be walkers you have to worry about. I hear you. For now, that's good enough for Lee, so he asks advice. Think we can get in through one of these windows? Man, I don't think so. Whoever owned this place had them all barred up. Yeah, looks pretty solid. I'm gonna go check things out. All right. 
And so Lee decides to explore the backyard and maybe try to find a way to get in. Just a doghouse. He sees a doghouse out back, which is empty. And next to it is a mound of fresh dirt. Looks like something was buried here. There's also a makeshift wooden cross sticking out of the mound. Lee goes over to a shed and leaning up against it... A shovel is never not useful. ...is a shovel. And as demonstrated by Chuck just a little bit ago, a shovel really is something that can come in handy, so Lee takes it with him and goes over to the main door to the house, which is completely boarded up. No way I'm going to be able to bust through that. But there might be another way in. What's this? Looks like there's some kind of pet door here. I tried it already. That's locked too. Who the hell ever heard of a locked doggy door? I have. My neighbor had one just like that. It's it's radio controlled. The dog wears a collar with a chip in it, so the door only opens when the dog gets close to it. Bullshit. Every day's a school day. Ben speaks up. All right, so where's the dog? And unfortunately, Lee already knows the answer to that. He takes the shovel and goes over toward that mound with a cross in it. Hey, be careful. Digging up dead things isn't what it used to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. And so Lee gets to work. What's buried down there? And then Clem comes over and wants to know what's going on. Lee doesn't really know what to say. He just wants her to go away. Nothing. Clem, go over and sit with Krista and Obi, okay? But I want to... Just do what I say, okay? Clem feels a little hurt and runs off, leaving Lee to finish his work. He eventually puts the shovel up, and they see it. Oh, God, the smell. The rotting black and red dog carcass all shriveled up. They hold their noses and on it they see a red collar with a beacon. Can't get it off. But it's stuck. Okay, that is not cool. Krista vomits. Are you okay? Clem tries to comfort her. I'm fine, honey. It's just the smell. Are you sure you... I said I'm fine, okay? What happened was what it sounded like. Lee goes over to talk to Clem, see if she's okay, but she doesn't really want to talk about it. Will we be inside soon? Yeah, not much longer now. I hope so. It's getting cold out here. So with a dog collar in hand, Lee goes over to the door to see if it works. Here goes nothing. Yes! God damn! The little red light turns green. Lee takes a peek inside. You see anything in there? No. Looks like it's been empty a while. From outside the walls, it sounds like the zombies might have caught on to them. They're close. Whatever you're going to do, do it fast. Okay, let me see if I can reach up in there. Lee reaches his hand in. Be careful, man. It's no good. I can't get it. Here, let me try. I think I can... But Clem runs in herself. She disappears into the dog door. Clem, what do you see in there? And for a second, we don't hear or see anything. But then, the door swings open, and Clem comes out. Everyone looks relieved. Good job, Clem. Yeah, way to go. I did good, right? Yes, you did. 
you did good. Can we maybe have this conversation inside? My leg's starting to hurt like hell. Kenny goes in first to scope out the situation, but doesn't see anything alarming. Looks okay from here. Everybody in. So he waves toward everyone and they all file in. The screen goes black and once we see them again, they're inside this new house. It's really more of a mansion. It's dark and dusty inside, but it's also enormous and it's clearly used to be elegant. There are beautiful paintings on the wall and expensive furniture and chandeliers. In the living room, they find a couch. Krista helps Omid onto it. No, it's okay. I'm good. feel better already just being off my feet. Thanks, babe. After helping Omid settle into the couch, Krista goes over to the kitchen where Lee and Kenny are standing, and she has something she has to say. So, when were you going to tell us about the radio? Tell you what? That it's working. She gestures at the walkie-talkie. That there's someone else on the other end of that thing. You didn't think that might have been worth sharing with the rest of us? Lee decides to come clean. I was going to tell you. Kenny and I only found out yesterday. So both of you were keeping it from the rest of us. Great. Kenny throws his arms in the air. Who gives a shit about the damn radio? I'm more worried about whoever it was out there ringing that bell and bringing the dead down on top of us. It's like they didn't want us to make it to the river. What makes you think it's not the same person? Whoever was on the radio was close enough to see us in the street, and we didn't see anyone else other than the guy in the bell tower. Because that doesn't make a lick of damn sense. Why would they bring out the dead like that and then try to warn us about it? How much sense does anything make anymore? In case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of twisted folks out there these days. At least the dead don't play games with you. Instead of taking sides, Lee decides that the best strategy is just to rest for now. I think we could all use a little time to rest up and gather our thoughts, Kenny. At least until those walkers outside wander off and Old Meat's feeling better. He best feel better quick. I ain't gonna wait around here too long. And then Ben who had kind of wandered off for a bit, comes back and joins the discussion. Place seems secure, at least. I'll feel better when we know that for sure. We need to check the whole house. <sighs> All right, fine. You and me will take the upstairs. Lee, you've got down here. Make sure you check every door, understand? Okay. And so Kenny and Ben go upstairs to check it out. Krista goes to check in on Omid, and then Clem comes up. Can I help? What if there's another locked door? I think you've been helpful enough for one day, kiddo. Why don't you just see if Kristen Omid need anything, okay? Okay. Her shoulders droop. She clearly wanted to help, but she goes off to Krista and Omid instead, leaving Lee to explore the house on his own. He's in the kitchen, so he starts looking in cabinets and doesn't see much of anything. It's a fairly large kitchen. There's a big island in the middle. Nothing water's off. Lee tries the sink, but of course the water isn't working. And on that island, there's a big bag of dog food that Lee sees. I'm not that hungry. Besides, I need to finish checking the downstairs. The last thing in the kitchen is the fridge, which is wide open, so Lee goes to check it out. But of course it's empty too, and on the front of it he finds a kid's drawing done in crayon of a dog. It says, my dog, Walter. Lee leaves the kitchen and goes to the dining room, where there's a really long wooden table. Looks expensive and heavy. Doubt any looters would be able to haul that thing too far. It's surrounded by ornate chairs. There's a grandfather clock in the corner, and above the table, there's a chandelier. But in the middle, 
Whoever cleared this place out left behind two bottles of whiskey. Looks like someone didn't have their priorities straight. Through the dining room is the living room where Krista and Omid are, except it's less of a living room and more of a grand banquet hall. And the centerpiece of this is a fireplace, and above the fireplace is a family portrait. A mother, a father, a little boy, and next to them is a little dog, a German shepherd, Walter. And then Lee remembers his job, which is to check behind every door and make sure it's safe. So he gets to the door next to the chimney and takes his gun out and gets ready to open it. But inside it's just a bathroom. Nothing hiding in here. There is a door on the other side of the chimney though, so Lee goes over there and similarly takes his gun out and gets ready. And then... It's just a closet in there. All clear in here. Lee closes the door and then goes over to the stairway. Just one more to check. Where there's one last door he needs to check. So he does the same thing. He pulls his gun out, leans down, and gets ready to open the door. And then... Jesus! Lee jumps back and Clem runs over. What? What happened? It's nothing. Just uh, nothing. It was a broom. Lee cleans it up and goes back to the living room. Uh, Place ain't got much. We should be okay here for a while. At least until it quiets down outside. Good. Thanks. Lee looks at Omid, who has drifted off. Is he okay? Yeah, for now. But I'm really worried his leg might have gotten infected. Don't suppose you turned up any meds while you were poking around? Nah, just dog food. And there's some whiskey in the back. Krista nods and changes the subject. I was just asking Clementine if she knows who the man on her radio is. It's okay, honey. You can tell us. Who is he? What does he want? Clem has her head down and clearly doesn't want to talk. Go ahead, Clem. It's okay. You're not in any trouble. It's just a friend. I don't think he wants to hurt us. What has he been saying to you? What have you been saying to him? She looks scared. I told him I was trying to find my parents and that they were in Savannah. He really seems nice. I think he wants to help me find them. Clementine, honey, trust me, that's not what he wants. He- But then, Ben comes racing down the stairs. Lee, you need to get up here now. What's wrong? It's Kenny. It turns out that Kenny went into the attic alone. Kenny said he thought he heard something up there. Went to go look. It's one of those attics up there? with the pull-down ladder. I can't get him to come down. It's almost pitch black up there. Stay here. Ben stays put as he watches Lee climb the ladder, one rung at a time, up into the darkness of the attic. He reaches the top and looks around for Kenny. Kenny? It's dark but he can just make out Kenny in the middle of the attic, on his knees, head down, looking like he's in despair. Kenny, you okay, man? And then Lee recoils. Oh, Jesus. As he smells something. the hell is that? Something horrible. Oh, my God. And then he sees it. The little boy turned. 
emaciated, his ribs sticking out, his skin rotting, wearing nothing but his underwear. He tries to walk toward us, but his frail bones won't even hold his own weight. Kinda looks like Duck, don't he? It's just a kid. What the hell happened to him? Ain't nothing on him. Guess he must have been hiding out of here. Starved to death. Jesus Christ. I don't know if I can, Lee. Couldn't do it before. Can't do it now. It's trying to crawl toward them, but doesn't have the strength. Before it was your own son. Now it's just a kid who needs your help. You can do this, Kenny. You need to do this. I know. I just... Oh, God. Lee puts his gun down next to Kenny. Here. This'll make it clean and quick. I don't know that I can do it, Lee. But he won't pick it up. He just keeps shaking his head. I know that you can. I couldn't even help my own boy. That was your own flesh and blood. No father could have done that. But you can help this boy. Do what's right for him. Send him on his way. Still reticent, but determined now, Kenny picks up the gun and walks toward the little boy, who's collapsed on the ground, little more than a bag of bones, reaching out, trying desperately to grab him. Kenny points the gun at the boy, and then puts it out of its misery. We should bury him. Lee nods. I'll take care of it. And then bends down to pick up the corpse. He carries it across the attic, down the ladder, through the house, and outside into the courtyard, where there's already a freshly dug grave. Lee carries the boy across the courtyard toward the grave of his dog, Walter. Lee gently places him in the grave, the boy's contorted body next to the dog's mangled carcass. Lee picks up the shovel and starts pouring dirt on the two of them. As Lee works, Clementine comes out of the house to watch. She looks on, somber and horrified. Krista comes out after her and gently places her hand on Clem's shoulder and ushers her back inside. No one should have to witness this, much less a little girl. Lee keeps working in solitude now. The two of them are almost buried. The little boy's feet are just sticking out. One more shovelful will do it, and the two of them will be buried together forever. Lee bends down, and then we see something. Someone from just outside the fence watching us. And then Lee sees him too. Hey! Hey! 
but it's too late. Whatever or whoever it was is gone. Who are you? What the hell do you want from us? Lee, what's going on? Krista and Ben heard the commotion and came rushing out of the house to see what happened. I saw someone standing there by the fence, watching us. A walker? No, too fast. Took off like a bat out of hell when I spotted him. Was it a man or a woman? Didn't get a good enough look. What does it matter? I'm wondering if it's the same guy who's been following us. The guy on the radio. And then Kenny comes out, looking clearly disturbed, but better. Kenny? I'm fine. I just... I'm fine. What's all the ruckus? Ben responds. Lee saw someone watching us from outside the gate. What? Who? I can't be sure. They ran off before I could get a good look. I don't like this one bit. Not one bit. Me either. Walkers are one thing, but the thought of someone out there actually stalking us. All right, that's it. We've stuck around here long enough. It's time to get back on track. Time to get down to the river and find ourselves a boat. I don't know if Omid's well enough to move yet. Well, he better get ready, because I'm going down to River Street right now to find a boat. And as soon as she's ready to go, we're moving out. Krista looks at Lee in desperation. Lee, say something. Tell him we're not ready to leave yet. Omid can barely even walk. Is he going to be any more ready to leave tomorrow, after that wound of his has had another day to fester? His best chance, our best chance, is to get the hell out of here before our situation gets any worse. Kenny's right, Krista. The sooner we find someplace else, the better. Are you just going to sit this one out? She looks at Lee again, but again, Lee stays quiet. Great. Just great. Wait, can't I come? My mom and dad can't be far now. Maybe we can look for them on the way to the river. Clem looks up at Lee, hopeful, but Lee has to be honest. We need to focus on finding a boat right now, Clem. Like we talked about on the train, remember? Okay. Daylight's burning. Gonna go grab my gear, then we'll head out. Come on, Clem. Let's go see if Omid needs anything. Everyone starts heading back. Except for Ben. So, you're just gonna leave me on the bench here? I'm worried about Omid. He's in bad shape. I need you to stay here. Keep an eye on him. He's got Krista for that. If it comes down to it, I can't rely on Krista to do what has to be done. Not with Clementine in the same house. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You can count on me. Good. Ben looks thankful that Lee decided to trust him with that, at least. And then he turns around and walks back inside and then the screen goes black the next thing we see is Kenny and Lee walking down the abandoned streets of Savannah there's a light fog hanging in the air it's dead quiet and eerie Kenny looks deeply troubled and Lee looks genuinely concerned about him they walk in silence until Lee has to say something. Hey, uh, so you want to talk about it? About what? About what happened back there in the attic. No. You sure, man? I mean, river's we... right up ahead. Kenny doesn't even look back at Lee, but then Kenny pulls his gun out. Son of a bitch! That bastard's fucking with us again. It's another trap. No, listen. That's not the same bell as before. This one's further off. Whatever it is, it's going to get the dead moving over there. Right on cue, they see a trail of walkers drawn to the sound of the bell. The two of them hide in a nearby alley. What in the hell is going on? And they watch the walkers pass them by. Kenny keeps his gun out just to be safe, but they're walking away from them. 
I don't know, but the person ringing that bell might be doing us a favor. Whatever, man. I find whoever's doing that, I'll ring their motherfucking bell for them. Good one. Kenny and Lee watch the last of the walkers disappear, leaving them alone again. Hmm. Let's keep moving. Kenny goes back out into the street. Lee pulls his gun and covers Kenny's back, looking to make sure they aren't being followed. Still nothing moving behind us. I think we're... But Kenny has stopped walking. Oh my god. And then Lee turns around and sees it. They're at the riverfront. There's gotta be a boat. There's gotta be. But there's nothing. Not a single boat. Kenny, man, I don't think so. Maybe we need to come up with a new plan. Kenny can't believe it. This is the plan, Lee. This is our best and only shot. You said so yourself back at the house. You agreed with me. Yeah, but that was before we... They scan the riverfront again, but there's really nothing. There's one boat that's half sunken and looks like it's in terrible shape, but that's it. It's their only shot, though, so Kenny and Lee go closer to inspect it. This one might still be salvageable. Lee looks really dubious, though. Seriously? You got a better fucking idea? Lee shakes his head, but he doesn't look like he's getting his hopes up. I'll check it out. You look further along the waterfront. Maybe there's something at the other end. I don't think we should split up too far. We don't have to. See that telescope? You can see all the way along the waterfront from right here. See what you can find. Okay. So Lee goes off to check out that telescope. He walks along the riverfront, which clearly, once upon a time, used to be idyllic. It's lined with cobblestones. The buildings are all made of brick. There used to be trees, but they've long since decayed. Lee gets to the telescope. Great. Needs a quarter to work. But some things haven't changed. Lee gets an idea, though, and takes out a wrench he has and hits the telescope. Damn. Built solid. Hoping maybe a quarter would fall out or something, but there's nothing. But then Lee starts to hear something. He slowly turns around and sees, not for the first time today, an utterly horrifying sight. Somebody has set up an enormous barricade of corpses with huge pikes sticking out of them, and walkers stuck on those pikes. Fuck. What is this meant to be? Some kind of warning? We'll do something like this. The walkers flail helplessly on the pikes. And there are signs everywhere, painted in what looks like blood, saying, stay out. Using walkers like scarecrows. Lee doesn't want to stick around to find out, so he turns around and keeps exploring the waterfront. And as he's exploring, he comes across a boarded-up window with a strange symbol spray-painted onto it. What the hell are these markings? They're all over the place. It looks like an inverted pyramid, with numbers and letters in different quadrants, like some sort of code. Without the key, though, it's really meaningless, but they are everywhere. Pretty quickly, Lee comes across another one. Could be military tags, but what do they mean? It's just as unintelligible as the first one, but Lee doesn't linger. He does find a newsstand, though, with a cash register behind the counter. Hello, beautiful. He opens it, but... Empty. Yeah, that would have been too easy. Of course. 
Lee looks around the rest of the newsstand, and there's really nothing there. Someone already looted the place. So Lee keeps going down the riverfront, and he comes across a newspaper machine. And maybe he'll have better luck there. He tries it. Locked. Of course. So he takes out the wrench and tries the brute force approach. And out falls a quarter. Lee picks it up and goes back to the telescope. But before he can get there... Fuck! Kenny has an update on the boat. What's up with the boat? It ain't gonna work. Hulls crack beneath the waterline, plus someone stripped out the battery. You can't fix it? Kenny shakes his head and joins Lee as they walk toward the telescope. But then... What the... What the hell is that? Kenny sees the barricade. A fate worse than death. Kenny is aghast, but Lee turns around and puts the quarter in the telescope. And it works. Lee bends down and looks across the river. Abandoned, like every other place in this city. It's a giant office building, clearly run down and out of use. And then he sees a sailboat. No way that one's salvageable. But it's almost completely underwater. Lee looks upriver. Nothing but water. Not a boat to be seen. And there's nothing there. And then Lee keeps turning the telescope, and on their side of the river... The hell? ...sees someone. On top of a building. They're in an orange hoodie with a mask on and carrying some sort of ice pick. Get down. Get down! The two of them duck down and find cover. Lee peeks up and sees this person climb down the face of the building effortlessly, moving quick and quiet with the ice pick. Whoever it is clearly knows parkour and is probably dangerous. Why the hell are we hiding? Someone came down from that building at the end of the street. Where'd he go? Saw him run into that newsstand. Could be our bell ringer. How about we go find out? He's rummaging around the newsstand where Lee just was. Uh, maybe he's just another scavenger like us. Yeah, and maybe he ain't. Maybe he's that fucker on the radio who's been messing with Clementine's head. Don't you want to know? Because I want to know. Lee nods. Okay. You head up the middle of the street. I'll go around the side, cover your flank. We'll come up on him quiet, take him by surprise. Kenny pulls his gun out, and Lee looks concerned. We just want to talk to this guy. Oh, we're gonna talk. Kenny pops up, and Lee follows. With his gun drawn and crouched, Kenny swiftly makes his way across the street and takes position in an alleyway. Lee goes slower, going directly for the newsstand. Lee crouches down right in front of it. He takes a deep breath and then takes his wrench out. Then he jumps up, what the? ready to swing, but they're gone. And before he knows it, they've stolen the wrench right from his hands and they hit him with it. Right in the face, Lee falls down and the world goes blurry. They toss the wrench aside and take out the ice pick. They reach back, ready to swing, but then no! Clem appears from nowhere and they turn around. Clem? Very slowly, they put the ice pick down and let Lee get up and go over to Clem, who's looking very frightened and confused. That's when the stranger pulls the hoodie down and takes the mask off. You're not from Crawford. And we can see for the first time that she's actually a woman. She has short blonde hair with a clip in it. She looks distrustful, and Lee just looks confused. Crawford? What the hell are you talking about? And then we see Kenny with his gun drawn, trying to sneak up behind her. 
but she senses him. Kenny, don't! She swipes his legs. He hits the ground. And she kicks the gun away. And then she gets ready to swing the ice pick again. No, he's with us! But she stays her hand once more. She looks annoyed and then looks at Kenny and Lee with what can only be described as a profound sense of suspicion. Who the hell are you people? The gunfire awakened the zombies on the pikes, but they're no threat to them for now. I asked you first. The name's Molly. Molly? I'm Lee. This is Kenny and Clementine. You're not looking for any trouble. Clem waves. Hi. Looking as friendly as can be. Molly looks at her and still has some suspicion and doesn't wave back. You guys really aren't from Crawford, are you? Again, Lee looks confused. I don't even know what that is. Everything beyond that barricade. She points to the wall of bodies. What the hell happened here? With the zombies stuck on pikes. You sure you want to know? Lee and Kenny look at each other and then nod. When everything started going to shit, some people got together and sealed off that whole neighborhood. Folks willing to do anything to stay alive. Stop the dead getting in. I try to avoid them. Why? Let's just say they have a zero-tolerance policy for anyone who won't or can't live by their rules. So how'd you know we weren't them? She takes a long look at Clem, who's standing beside Lee. Because there are no children in Crawford. Not anymore. Clem looks uncomfortable, to say the least, about that. But Lee wants more information. Do you know who's been ringing those bells all over town? Yeah, that would be me. Kenny looks furious. I knew it! Lee, I knew she was the one who's been following us! Fucking with us! Get that finger out of my face, Grandpa, before I jam it straight up your ass. I haven't been following you. I don't even know who the hell you people are. Calm down, Kenny. The voice on the radio was a guy, remember? Yeah, well, whoever you are, ringing those bells this morning nearly got us all killed. Raise the dead all around us. That's the idea, genius. It's how I get around. I ring a bell in one neighborhood to attract the local geeks towards it. Buys me some time to scavenge the areas they cleared out. Geeks? Is that what you call them? Yeah, you know, like at the carnival? They'll eat anything, alive or dead. That's pretty smart, the bells. Doesn't take much to outsmart the dead. Bunch of dumbasses. You just gotta move fast. Get in and out before they start to wander back again. Lee needs to know something else, though. Was that you at our house this morning? Watching me through the back fence? Hell no. Believe it or not, I've got better things to do with my time. And then Lee actually realizes for the first time that he hasn't addressed Clem or found out what she's doing here. Clem, what the hell are you doing here? How'd you get out of the house? Well, Meat started getting really sick. Kristen and Ben had to take him upstairs. I didn't just want to sit around there. I wanted to come help. I told you we didn't need any help. Molly looks doubtful about that, though. Really? Because if it weren't for her showing up when she did, I would have beaten your brains out. That's debatable. Uh-huh. She's not buying it. What do you mean, no children? Why not? No children, no elderly, no one with an advanced medical condition. Basically, no one who might be a burden on the community. Crawford's all about the survival of the fittest. That's how they survive. While the rest of the world went to shit around them. Jesus Christ. Well, just the opposite when you think about it. Lee looks in disbelief that any group could operate like that. That's not how our group does things. You're not saying they actually... I mean, kids? No, the children, they just forced to leave. 
along with their parents, left them to fend for themselves out here in the world. Why? Like I said, zero tolerance. Crawford got rid of anyone that couldn't pitch in, pull their own weight. The way they looked at it, those people were just a lot of useless mouths to feed, a drain on their precious resources. And then Lee starts to wonder if she knows all of this. Was she part of that? I knew all of this. Molly shakes her head, though. Everyone in Savannah knew. What was going on inside Crawford got passed around like a ghost story. Except this one was true. At this point, Molly needs to know more about them, though. Look, I'm going to ask you people again. You're not from Crawford, so who the hell are you? What are you doing here? Came down here looking for a boat, hoping to get our people out of here and find someplace safe. Molly almost laughs at that. Yeah, good luck with that. Anyone with a boat took it out of here as soon as people started eating each other. Any that got left behind, Crawford stripped them for parts. Cars, too. There's gotta be something. If there was, do you think I'd still be here? I've been over every inch of this city. This whole place is picked clean. Kenny doesn't want to believe it. God damn it! Fuck! Hey, moron. You want to keep your voice down? Kenny pipes down, but is still pissed. Shoot. Since you're not getting on any boat, I'd advise you folks to go back to where you came from before... But then... They see... Great. That they have attracted a group of walkers. Isn't that the... Gunshot must have brought him back. Isn't there another way back to the house? Molly, is there a... But Molly's already gone. She slipped back into an alleyway, does a wall jump up onto a fire escape. Hey, you're just gonna leave us here? Sorry, I must have missed that part of our conversation where you became my problem. Don't leave us here, please. Molly stops and looks at Clem. She takes a deep breath and decides. Come on, make it fast. Lee gives Clem a boost, and Molly grabs her and pulls her up onto the fire escape. Oh, fuck me. Come on, come on, hurry. Next up is Kenny. Lee throws him up there, and he gets there safely. Lee, come on. Kenny reaches. Oh, man, one good jump. And Lee tries, but Kenny can't hold him and falls back down into the alleyway. The walkers already have him trapped in one side of the alley. So Lee runs to the other, only to be trapped from that side too. There are zombies on both sides of him. Lee looks around for a way out and sees beneath him there's a manhole cover. Come on, Lee! Get your ass out of there! He reaches down and tries to pull it up. But it's way too heavy. Here, use that to pry it open. Molly throws down the ice pick. Lee picks it up and tries to use that to pry it open. It's heavy at first, but Lee slowly gets it off. And right as the zombies are about to get on him, he jumps down into the darkness. Luckily, there is a ladder. Lee gets to the bottom safely, and then looks back up. One of the zombies tried following, but it hit the ground and isn't moving. The rest of the zombies are still at the top, so there's no going back. Lee cups his hands. Clementine, can you hear me? trying to yell over the zombies. If you can hear me, just get back to the house, okay? I'll meet you there. But there's no response. Lee looks back up at where he came from, and it dawns on him Shit. that there's no going back. For now, at least, Lee is stuck, alone in this dark, damp sewer. Pretty quickly, Lee comes across a metal grate. No way I can pry that open. But it's completely solid, and Lee is left with no choice but to venture deeper into this sewer. He finds a passageway, 
that's sloped going down. There's running water on it. It's slick. Lee inches his way down very slowly, very carefully, until he gets to the bottom. Lee hops down, and immediately the first thing he sees is a bunch of dead rats. It's pretty much the only thing he can see. Half-eaten sewer rats. Walkers must be down here, too. Again, Lee comes across a metal grate that he tries to open. But again, it's completely shut. Although this one looks like it might be able to be opened from the other side. So Lee keeps exploring. It's a drainage pipe. But it's missing its handle. And then Lee turns around and sees just what he didn't want to see. It's a group of five or six zombies in the middle of a feeding frenzy. They're crowded around this body, eating its entrails, and luckily for Lee, they're too distracted by that to notice him. So he's actually able to sneak up behind them and find another passageway that he can get into. It doesn't lead past the zombies, but it does go back where that other grate was, the one that was locked from the other side. And there he finds another pipe, like the one before, but this one has the handle in place. So Lee turns it. And it opens a pipe that actually attracts a couple of the zombies. They're attracted to the noise. Lee is sheltered in the passageway, and they don't see him. Good thing I'm out here, and not in there. Seems loose. Shit. But now another zombie comes and blocks his way out. Lee takes note of this, though, and he might be able to use it to his advantage. Won't go anymore in that direction. So he turns it back. The water stops, and the zombies go back to their feeding frenzy. And since this handle is relatively loose, Lee's able to just pop it off. To finish off Lee's idea, though, he needs to be able to get this grate open so that he can create this new passageway. So Lee takes out the ice pick and uses it as leverage to pry open the grate. He gets it open, and now he has a potential passageway past the zombies. If only he can move them from their frenzy. So Lee goes back to the other pipe. He puts the handle in there, and it fits perfectly. Lee gives it a turn, and a torrent of water rushes toward him. The zombies immediately take notice and look right where Lee is, but he's able to jump out of the way before they see him. And he sneaks into his new passageway that he created right as the zombies are attracted to this new gush of water. And he crouches down and sneaks past them. The zombies are clearly, on occasion, quite easy to fool. Standing in front of this gushing water, the zombies are thrashing and trying to bite it. They don't seem to really understand what it is. But... Lee is safe. There is one more zombie, though, all the way at the end of the passageway, 
But before Link can get there, he looks down and sees who the zombies were eating in their frenzy. Oh my god. Chuck, he must have tried to hide out down here. Poor bastard. He must have had a revolver on him, though. No bullets. He must have saved the last one for himself. You deserve better, old man. Lee stands there in a moment of silence. Before continuing on his way. The zombie at the end of the tunnel is still standing with its back to us. Lee takes out the ice pick. And this should be a relatively easy kill. Lee sneaks up on it from behind. A hand grabs him from below. He looks down and sees that he was standing on a grate. And now all of a sudden this hand has a death grip on his ankle. He takes out the ice pick and stabs it. But it's still not coming loose. He sees the other zombie is coming at him. And finally he's able to shake it loose. He stabs it in the hand and slashes it off. And then turns to the other zombie almost at him. And then plants an ice pick in its skull. Lee breathes a sigh of relief. Safe. For now, at least. But Lee still needs to find a way out. There's a light coming from somewhere, and Lee inspects closer and see that there's a ladder. But it's broken at the bottom, so Lee has to take a running start and try to use the ice pick. But he falls. What the hell? But in doing that, he knocked a sign loose. He sees that maybe there's something behind it. He takes it down and finds a secret passageway. There's no other way, so Lee goes in to see what he can find. It's not long before Lee finds a room where he can stand up, and the first thing he sees is a yellow sign. The hell? It says, Fallout Shelter. Must have been one of those old nuclear fallout shelters. And the second thing he sees is that the walls are lined with shelves that are absolutely packed with food. Look at all this. It's enough to keep people alive for months. It's an absolute miracle, but Lee immediately questions his luck. Wonder if someone's living down here. There's a bed in the corner that may or may not have been used recently. It's unclear. Lee decides to keep exploring, and his question is immediately answered with a gun in his face. Who are you? It's an old man carrying a revolver. It's all right. And behind him okay. is a room uh, I don't want any trouble. full of people. Neither do we. Which is why you'd do well to turn around and leave right now. Look, I'm sorry I disturbed you folks. I'll just be going. There's a woman you behind him, him who speaks up. She's from Crawford. If he goes back there and they find out we're down here. Are you from Crawford? They don't lie to me. I'll know. Where else can he be from? Everywhere else around here is dead. I'm not from around here. I'm from Athens. Grew up in Macon. That strikes a chord with the old man. I have a brother in Macon. You were there? How was it? As bad as here? Lee's face says it all. I'm sorry. You can't trust him, Vernon. You can't let him leave. What do you want me to do? Shoot him in the head? Why not? Be more of a mercy than anyone from Crawford ever showed us. Think, Vernon. What do you think they'll do if they find out we're down here, right under their feet? Damn it. You're right. I'm sorry, friend. Can't take the risk. I'm not from Crawford, but I saw what they did up there. It made me sick. I'm not like them, and I don't think you are either. I think you're a good man. The man's hands start shaking. Keep back, or I swear I'll shoot. Lee can sense that he doesn't mean it, though, and he approaches him slowly. 
and it's all right. takes the gun it's okay. from his hands. Vernon, what the hell are you doing? And he lets it happen. Vernon! Lee puts the gun away. Relax. I'm not here to hurt you. And the situation is diffused, at least for now. You're really not from Crawford? No, I'm really not. Well, we are, or were. We got out of there when they started sealing up the place, you know, started weeding out the sick and the old so the perfect survivor society wouldn't be threatened. No room for weakness or vulnerability in their little master race. You don't look that old, so you're sick? We're sick. We're all members of a cancer survivors group that used to meet here at the hospital. We're in remission. But that wasn't good enough for Crawford. They'd already rounded up five of us before the rest of us managed to hole up and hide from them down here. This whole basement's been abandoned for years. What is this? The morgue? It looks like they've been sleeping where the corpses would be. Yeah. Irony's always high on my list when I'm looking for a place to survive. How did you find your way down here? The old man's name is Vernon. He has this big, thick, gray beard and a brown sweater. Few of us got boxed in by walkers up on the street. Came down here trying to get away. Now I just want to get out of here and get back to my own people. Vernon seems understanding. Well, that sewer system you came through runs all over the city. It'll take you wherever you want to go. Vernon's warmed up now and seems like he might be willing to help. Those sewers are like a damn maze. Any chance you could help me find my way back? Look, I'd like to help you, but we've all got our own problems. Two of our group are sick and need constant care. And I'm the only doctor here. The woman from before... Besides, why should we help you? ...speaks up again, and Lee has to persuade them. Look, I'm sorry if I scared you. I just want to get back to my people. Back to Clementine. That has an effect. She's your daughter? Whatever reservations Vernon had before, he's ready to help. Yeah, she's probably already wondering where I am. Well, we can't have that, can we? Vernon, what the hell are you doing? It's all right, Bree. I had a daughter, too. Lost her in the first days. I'll be damned if I'll just sit back and let that happen to someone else. They clearly want him to stay. What did you hear? But... Don't worry. I'll be back before you know it. Let's go see about your daughter. Lee decides not to correct him. After all, he seems just to want to help. The screen fades to black, and when we see them next, they're back at the manor. They walk in, and of course the first thing Lee thinks about... Clementine? Clem? Is Clem. But the first person they see is actually Molly, the scavenger... Molly? ...from before with her orange hoodie. Oh, hey, you made it back. Vernon is skeptical. Who's this? He didn't tell you about me? Understandable, I guess. I'm the one who put that beating on him when he tried to jump me back at the river. Who's the fossil? Lee stills a pretty big gash on his cheek from that beating. This is Vernon. He's a doctor. He helped me get back here after we got separated. Vernon clearly didn't like being called a fossil, but he doesn't engage. I think you have something that belongs to me. Molly ignores him too and reaches her hand out, referencing the ice pick. It definitely came in handy, but Lee has to give it back. She takes it and walks away without a word. And then Krista comes running down the stairs. Lee, thank God you're back. Krista, what's wrong? It's Omid. He's gotten worse. Much worse. Lee looks at Vernon. We have a man wounded. Who's this? This is Vernon. He's a doctor. A wave of relief. Oh, thank God. Washes over her face. Could you take a look at him? Vernon looks hesitant, but Krista is desperate. You have to help us. 
Please. She looks at him with pleading eyes, and Vernon, again, decides to help. I'll see what I can do. Take me to him. They go upstairs to the room where Omid is. He's lying in bed with his leg bandaged and bloody. Krista kneels down next to him and whispers in his ear. Omid, honey, you're going to be all right. Lee brought a doctor. Vernon steps up with authority. All right, let's take a look at him. And then he looks at Lee. I work better without an audience. Now why don't you go find your little girl? And so Lee leaves him to his work and goes to find Clementine, who's mysteriously been missing. Clementine. He goes out into the hallway. Clementine! And calls for her, but there's no response. Lee goes into the study to see if she might be hiding there. Clementine, you in here? Where is she? But again, nothing. There's a grand, resolute desk in the middle of it. Lee goes and looks behind that. Clementine? Nothing. There are some cabinets back there, little cubby holes. Lee opens one of them and sees if she might be hiding there. Clem, you in here? But still nothing. What Lee does find, though, is one of her drawings done in crayon. And it's of Lee. Clem's drawings. But where is she? It's a drawing of Lee holding a shovel, standing next to a mound of dirt with a cross on it. Next, Lee goes to explore the master bedroom, see if she might be there. He's getting kind of desperate and annoyed at this point. Hello? But instead of finding Clem, he sees Molly, who's opening drawers and cabinets. What are you doing? Oh, you know... Just poking around. You won't find anything. We already searched the place. You'd be surprised what people miss. Trust me, I've been doing this for a while. Where's Clementine? Don't ask me, I'm not her keeper. Hey, do I look like I'm in the mood to be jerked around? Where did she go? Last I saw, she was downstairs with your redneck friend and that college kid who hangs around with him. Why don't you go bug them? Lee takes her advice, turns around and leaves her and searches the rest of the second floor, going room to room, looking for Clem, not finding her. So he goes downstairs. Clem? Clementine? At this point, Lee is starting to not just get desperate, but panic a little bit. Clementine! Come out! Please! In the living room downstairs, again, Lee doesn't find Clem. Kenny? But someone else. It's Kenny holding a bottle of whiskey. Oh, hey, you made it back. Good job. Good job. What the hell do you think you're doing? What does it look like? It looks like he's wasted. Where'd you get the bottle? He's slouched over in his chair. Found it. Barely holding his head up. You wanna throw down again like back on the train? Cause I fight better when I'm shit-faced. He talks a big game, but doesn't even get up. What the fuck were you thinking letting Kenny get like this? He's talking to Ben. Hey man, I tried, but he gave me a look like he was gonna rip my face off. He won't listen to you. You think he was gonna listen to me? And that gets him riled up enough to stand up. To hell with and you. gets in Lee's face. Getting wasted's not gonna help anyone. Yeah? Well, what is? We are fucked! But then promptly falls back into his chair. Molly said there's not a single boat left in Savannah. No way out. We got walkers all around us, that crazy fuck on the radio messing with us. Hell, if now ain't the time for a drink? Kenny takes another long drink, straight from the bottle, and then offers it to Ben who initially takes it, 
but then looks at Lee, almost as if asking for his permission. Lee clearly disapproves, so Ben turns him down. Clementine, where are you? Lee leaves the two of them. He has more important things to do. At this point, the only place he hasn't looked has been outside. He opens the door into the courtyard they were in earlier, and he calls out yet again. Clementine? Clementine! And yet again, nothing. At this point, she's definitely missing, and Lee is starting to freak out. He goes over to the shed, see if maybe she'd gotten in there somehow. Door's covered in blood. Don't think anyone came in through there. So Lee goes over the rest of the backyard, going over every inch of it, looking behind bushes, in the shrubs, behind trees. He even looks inside the doghouse next to the grave. But nothing. He goes over to the gate and sees if maybe she left entirely and is still nearby. Nothing. Eventually he goes back near where the shed was and he hears a very faint bump from inside. Lee goes closer to investigate and he grabs the handle, gives it a tug, and then... It bursts open, and out comes Clem, who runs over and gives Lee an enormous hug. He's smiling, overcome with emotion. Hey, girl. Come look. Look what I found. But Clem really wants to show him what she found in the shed, so he goes over and opens the door further. And his jaw nearly drops. It's a boat. Clem found a boat. It's a motorboat, small, but looks like it's in perfect condition. Holy shit. Swear. And then out comes Kenny, still carrying his bottle of whiskey, confused as to what the noise was, but then he sees it. He drops the bottle and a huge grin falls across his face. For once, they got lucky. Thanks for listening to episode 7 of Let's Listen. Next time, we see if the group's good fortune will hold out. They have their boat, but now they need to figure out how to use it. Will it work? Will it fit everyone? Will the stranger catch up to them? Find out in episode 8. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen. Otherwise, just subscribe on the platform of your choice and keep on listening. Pro tip for those of you who don't have iPhones, Spotify is a great way to listen to podcasts too. And you can also listen online at letslistenpodcast.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content. And above all, I just want to send a heartfelt thank you out to everyone who's listened so far. There are some really great episodes to come, so I can't wait to bring those to you. Again, my name is Sam, and this has been Episode 7 of Let's Listen. See you next time.